Hello and welcome to the podcast, It's the Love of God for Me, hosted by none other than Lenisha, a former non-believer turned into a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify for weekly mind-blowing interviews, actionable tips, powerful revelations, and spiritual strategies that will transform your lives daily. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump right into our daily dose of practical spiritual food. I've gotten through pretty crazy odds and I just always have to remember that I'm not the one in control and that God has a plan that's so much bigger than anything I can see. Um, but that I really, truly would not be anywhere in my life if I didn't have God. So um, that's kind of, that's my daily kind of thought. I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Indeed, yes. we do get to that place and we have to remind ourselves that we're not, we're not leaning on our own strength, right? Because um, if we do, we're going to fail. We're going to break. We're going to just you know lose our way but when we depend on the lord and his strength we will be able to overcome anything yes take us to where it all started for you what was your childhood like growing up um so i grew up in idaho and i had great parents my mom was more of a spiritual person and my dad I think got kicked out of Sunday school for asking too many questions so he kind of gave up pretty early on the whole idea of religion Um, I remember going to a church that my grandfather had painted a few times after he passed away but yeah my parents did not go to church. Like I said, my mom was much more of a spiritual person and it just wasn't something we did as a family, but it was something that I sought out nonstop. So I would either have friends who went to church. Um, I just always found myself wanting that connection. Um, I saw a lot of families that looked I know they had problems on the inside, but as a little girl, they looked perfect to me. And that kind of, it was that happiness and that joy and that peace that they had from being true followers of God. So I kind of sought out the opportunity to go to any church I really could. Um, So yeah, I kind of, it was a journey that I was really on, kind of on myself for the most part. I never, I didn't, my parents came to church a couple times Um, but yeah, it was kind of something I was, I did on my own. So. Thank you. Um, when did you realize that we live in a broken world and when did this start to affect you? At what stage in your life? Um, I would definitely say it was, I think more in high school. I remember being part of different doing kind of a youth um, group I did like the young life program and I remember you know just being taught that we were going to come fit things especially as young you know teenagers and a lot of different temptations and different things like that and I just remember 
kind of being taught the lesson that following God, you know, having a set of standards for yourself, um, kind of following his words was really what was going to keep you on a positive path. Um, yes, I, I would think, I would say probably in high school, I definitely didn't, never would have realized in high school how truly broken the world was until I was much, much older. But yeah, I would say high school, I definitely kind of started to see um, the difference in people's lives when they chose to follow Christ or not follow Christ. It became pretty obvious which one was leading the better path. Okay, so so even though you had the knowledge of, you know, okay, then this is the path that it seems like we ought to follow which is the path that is good you know Paul says anything that's good pure just right and true we should think on these things and so having observed that the world is not what we because you know this is the thing and I I say this to to my audience and to others a lot we have to as as parents as guardians you know remember we are the first teacher that or or, or kids will, will know we are the first um, believer that our Christian might get to know. We are the first doctor, like we are the first, right? And yes. so it's our responsibility to teach our children certain or, or give them certain information. You know, of course, we're going to know how to break that down to them. I think trying to shield the children from the real world and what is out there, it's in my opinion, I don't think it's something good to do. Because here's why I ask you that question. When I was growing up, I I only knew the world that I was growing up in. And that was what I see in my home. I never heard anything outside of that. I've never seen anything outside of that. And so I thought that life was just in this one, you know, this one, one place. And because this information was not provided to me, when I started going to primary school and even going into high school and start having experiences, I'm kind of confused with, you know, because then certain things can affect our emotions, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're experiencing this with people, this is being said to you, people are being mean to you, all kinds of things. And you're wondering, how do you deal with all of this? Because I didn't know that these things actually existed. Am I making sense? Yeah. Oh, no. I I definitely, I mean, I had a pretty good, my parents, they were great parents, but they didn't prepare me for a lot. There was never a conversation about like, you know, boys or sex, like nothing of that ever really came through. There was a lot of like, just don't do this, just don't do that. And there was never a lot of like real life lessons of like, this is what you should do. This is the kind of man you should look to marry. This is, you know, what kind of career would you like to have? Like I, they were great parents, but I felt growing up, like I was missing a lot of that information. So unfortunately, I was kind of left to figure out a lot on my own. And although I did have kind of this knowledge of this path um, as a Christian, 
I also was very tempted by, you know, groups of popular kids or a really cute boy or so it didn't, it was a very, I did not, um, high school was a real struggle. It was a lot of fun, but I did some really, 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 really stupid things that I feel like I am now, I understand now kind of how to not protect my kids from that, but how to talk to them about a lot of things and even kind of bring up the fact that like, these are the things that can happen. Cause I felt, I never felt like I had that. Um, and maybe that's something that does happen maybe in homes where there are two people that are more Christ, you know, living for Christ. There's a lot more conversations, but also just a set of like real morals, like a moral code. I felt like I never really got that growing up. And that was a huge, I learned a lot very young from the wrong people. Um, and it took a really long time to set that, to get that set out right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I definitely, I can't shield my children and I don't want to. I like to try and, you know, we like to kind of have a little bit of a bubble mentality in our home where we, we you know, try to keep things positive and we, but we know, I mean, our kids are, are pretty well aware of the demons that they're being faced with and it's getting worse and worse by the day. So we're having a lot more conversations um, because it's becoming so much more prevalent, even for the really little ones. So our conversations are definitely different than I ever thought they would be. Um, But no, it's never a good idea to shield kids but more so prepare them properly. And Jessica, I love the way you put it, the demons that we're faced with, because in in hindsight, that's just what it is. You know, it makes no sense. We try to sugarcoat it. Just, we gotta be so real, but at the same time, we're, we're not trying to drive fear in them. It's just prepare them for the real world. And I hope those of you that are listening today and you are maybe a mother or a father or even sister brother and you but once you have a child or kids in your home that you are raising you know i hope that there is a lesson in this conversation for you to learn today that i I understand we don't want to frighten our kids and we don't want to stress them out and we don't want them to become depressed and overthink but the it's good to it's always good to be prepared and we have to the time that we live in we have to prepare our children we many of us were raised unprepared and as Jessica mentioned as a result we find ourselves in situations that I think could have been avoided had we have this information presented to us yes when I yeah I would say that most of the struggles I had as a younger as a young adult and a teenager, most of those things probably could have been avoided if there had been more conversation and more preparedness. Um, Speaking of struggle, uh, struggles, uh, Jessica, can you share with us what are some of the struggles that you experienced um, throughout life that kind of challenge your faith in God? Um, so the biggest one that I've, that's been probably the most life-changing was alcohol. Um, learning, 
as a pretty young adult that I came from a family from on all sides that were very much addicted to alcohol. And it was a year ago, um, actually yesterday, that I sought out treatment for it and um, realized how big of a role it was playing in my life. Because in my family growing up, instead of really dealing with problems, you just, you know, you poured yourself a glass of wine and you kind of just shoved it under the rug and then got up the next morning and just kept going. You didn't really talk about it. You definitely didn't go to therapy. Um, so that was kind of learned to deal with problems and that became a much bigger problem as I got older. Um, but I mean, I've dealt with, I've dealt with eating disorders. I've, I've been divorced. Um, you know, I've kind of, I've had health battles. I've pretty much been through just about everything you can throw at a person. Um, and I'm only, you know, I'm 34 years old. So it's been the last, my life kind of from 18 to I would say 33 has been very, very, very uncharted, very dark waters um, that I am just now really trying, really getting a grasp on. But yeah, I was, I've been dealt some pretty nasty things um, as a younger person, but it's all also, you know, I, I can, my kids are old enough where they've been able to see me make better choices, but we've also been able to have conversations with the older kids. Like these are the things that like our family deals with. Um, and they've also been able to see me change for the better and find that faith in God again, because there was definitely a moment that I was like, there is no way that there is a God that loves me that would put me through all of this. And I was very much not a believer. Or I, I don't think I was ever not a believer, but I was definitely not preaching about it because I was like, this is crazy. Who believes in God and then has their life turn out like this? But all of those things have really... I mean, my life is pretty extraordinary today. And, you know, I, I get a lot of joy out of looking over this last couple of years and seeing how far I've come. Um, but that 100% has been because of my faith in God. I mean, I've done the work, but he's given me the strength to do it. Wow. And and it sounds like you had um, a, a very challenging journey, you know, um, that you said you just have, you know, coming out of that, you know, oh, wow, we, we all have a story, you know, but the thing is not all of us is willing to share that story. So I'm just so thankful for your boldness today to talk about this. And, um, I, I, I completely can relate to what you're saying. I, myself, been down that path and I share my testimony again in season one I don't know if my listeners are tired to hear me say this but I, I always have to say this to all my guests that come on the show because some persons you know you'll start to listen to episodes in midway in the show and not everybody starts from the beginning yeah. of the show you know and so if you go back to season one 
of of the podcast here, you'll hear my testimony there where I really unravel everything that I think the Lord bid me to share. And it was so detailed. And so you would have heard some of the things that you're talking about that I experienced. And so I know, I know what, how that can, can leave us feeling when we're going through constant affliction, constant oppression. And it's just like, you can't even catch a breath. Yeah. Like you can't even catch a breath. And even if you get that season of rest, I remember just even going through the motions of the ups and the downs of life through my young child, from I was a child growing up into adult, going through all of that. And I remember there are times when I would feel like there's a season of rest, you know, like everything seemed to be in place and everything seemed to be okay, but I couldn't enjoy that. Um, yeah, Jessica, because I am, you know, concerned, you know, what is going to happen next? Like, I know this, this will not last. Like, what's coming next? Because it was just always like that for me, you know? And then, yeah. again, I was, was without knowledge, so I wasn't prepared. And I had to develop, by the grace of God, that ma- ma- maturity through all of, of that, you know, to know that this is just my journey and you know I, I i i read this book and i really encourage my listeners to get this book and also if you have not read it yet um jessica this book is called crushing right and it is written by td jakes um and of course there's a lot of people have their perceptions about this man of God but for me I see where God has worked through him and is working through him and that's that's just my perception you know and I do believe that he has been called to do this he has been called to do this and um so he wrote a book I actually got this one free because I saw like an ad online and he said he was just giving away these books free and if you wanted to donate it's up totally up to you you don't have to but i went ahead and i signed up and i was surprised the book was shipped and i just absolutely love this book because it talks about god how god can turn pressure into power yeah and he he focused on the fact that we have two choices when it comes to pressure, pain, suffering, right? We can either allow God to process us through that and for us to give birth to something beautiful, which is power that can also help others, or we can crumble in that pressure, in that pain and be destroyed by it. So we have two choices. And there's something he said that stood out to me and I just want share a portion with you um you know just and by the way guys tiffany's not alone she, we she has company we're here with the dogs so y'all just have to welcome them to the show come on give, give it up for them they're <laughs> also a guest here okay guys so just bear with us with that all right so yeah um jessica so there's a part in the book i would like to read here it says the subtopic is seeds and weeds. And he said, 
he said what if our god is so powerful so good and so loving that he turns the table on the tar the tears and uses them to make us stronger truer and more dependent on him and then he went on to explain joseph and what happened to joseph and when he was sold right and you know it's just it's just it's just so amazing what god can do there's another thing he also said i want to point out he said what if there is more to our suffering than what we see now more than ever it's crucial that we begin seeing the plans we have imagined for our lives cannot compare to god's strategy for fulfilling our divine purpose isn't yes. that amazing and he says we finally realize that we have been thinking on two on too small a level to contrast to a god whose end game for our destinies focus on eternity instead of something temporary yes that is so um another book by him that i love is when women pray it is about the women of the bible and their the power of prayer it's another really great book um by td jakes if you haven't read that one um but no, I think the, for me, um, as a little girl, you know, eternity was not really something that, was not something that got talked about in my house. But I, I think when you learn about the eternal perspective that we are really only, this is not our final destination. And so everything on this earth as, as important as it is, because it's a journey, it is so tiny and and unimportant when you look at what our life is really going to be like and that there's this is the smallest piece because eventually we get this opportunity to be eternal and have eternity and it really puts it into perspective um, I think for me to realize just how silly a lot of this stuff is that we like if you look at our world today and you think about the top five things that we are hearing about how absolutely ridiculous it is because you know that once you get to that other side none of that is even going to be a blip on the radar <laughs> it's all this little tiny worldly earth-like stuff and none of it's real and none of it means anything it has nothing to do with the life that we get to have after this and that's why the word of god tells us that we should not focus too much on the, the things that are here because it's it's temporal. Yes. But I think it just gives you such perspective when you think about it like that. Because at least for me, I'm definitely a person that I can get carried away with like the drama of, you know, social media or politics and all that stuff. But when I really think about how silly all of this is, because yeah, like I said, once we get to the other side, like none of this, we're going to look down and be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe these people are still doing this stuff. <laughs> it's so silly. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and very um, much man-made. it's, it's man-made drama. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not of God. It's of man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this book and it, there's just so much to learn from, from it, you know, and what this is simply saying here when, when, when he said that, 
you know, we have to begin to see the plans that we have for our lives and understand that they our plans and what we think our lives should be like it will never compare to God's strategy you know for fulfilling our divine purpose so in other words God is more focused on our purpose our divine purpose than our plans and it's so funny because you started off by saying that you know you may might not have said that verbatim but you said something in the effect of you know God it seemed like God don't really care about our plans. He, he wants to just fulfill his plans over our life. You know, not the plans that we have for ourselves, but the plans that he has for us. And, you know, he also said that because we think on this, this the small level, compared to God, God's end game for our destiny focuses on the eternal and not the temporary. And could this be the reason why sometimes we some things we ask the lord for we don't get them because it does not play a role into the eternal aspect of us what god is trying to achieve in us eternally and so given us these things would just be a waste or maybe help to even destroy us even more you know cuz sometimes yeah. for example marriage okay you mentioned that you were once married and you got a divorce um even in marriage we we say okay lord i really need a husband i i need a wife i i want to i want to be married and we're praying for this and we're doing the fastings and we're staying in the word and god and god has not given that to us okay and we are looking at others being in that situation and we go god has forgotten me God you said it's not good that men should be alone you have forgotten me in this I need to have a husband I need to have a wife but the truth is God knows that giving you that in that season of your life is just going to destroy you because maybe we ourselves there's work that needs to be done in us you know there's there's our character that needs to be refined maybe we need mature Uh, maturity we need to be mature spiritually maybe we have not you know there's certain understanding we don't have that we are able to enter into a covenant like a marriage you know what i'm saying so these these are some of the things like we we just have to look at when it comes to our struggles in life and just know that as you you rightfully said before um i can do all things in christ that gives me strength so whether or not things are going good or bad with the lord in the midst we can overcome i don't know um jessica if you can um maybe share a part of your life story with us in detail where you find to be because ex- i know you did mention generally speaking you talk about health challenges and um struggle with addiction to alcohol and all of that but can you dive a little bit deeper in maybe one of these challenges you know some of the episodes that you have and how that take a toll on you how did you like like what was going on in that season of your life with that experience um i would so i would probably i kind of i always break my life up into like these little five year increments um i was you know i had three little ones by the time I was 26 and I was a single mom at the very end. Um 
and we were in 2018. Um, I was actually driving my kids to school um, and we were hit head on by a like a truck trailer combination. So it's like the the body of a semi truck, but it was carrying rocks. So it was like a tractor carrier situation. And um, my oldest daughter was in the front seat as well as I, I was too. And we were hurt the worst. Um, my two little ones really walked away. I had, my son had a couple stitches, a little cut on his forehead and they had seatbelt marks. But my daughter, my oldest daughter, who was only eight at the time, um, what her head, well, she managed to fly out of her seatbelt and hit that kind of handle that's on the door and it split her head right down the middle. Um, So she was life flighted and one of the firefighters that was there later down the road, we were able to connect with him and he was of the understanding that she had not made it. He thought she was not going, she thought she was going to die on by the time we got to the hospital. Um, And then I had a broken neck lots of scrapes and things like that but the worst part was the PTSD that both of us had so um it didn't really our injuries healed pretty well she went back to school um she ended up with a skull fracture and she has two kind of bolts on her either side of her head and she has a a pretty good scar but um you know years down the road we still still deal with this trauma that we went through and because um kind of what my life at the time um you know everybody was so excited that we got back to work and we went back to school and our life kind of seemed to pick up but nobody really nobody really told me about the mental side of things of how that was going to start affecting me and the fear that was going to come and just this very much this unsettled feeling um that when I thought of PTSD, you know, I thought of a soldier coming home from war. I didn't think of a mom who was in a car accident. So I didn't really understand like how my brain was working or how I was feeling. So I kind of just started to drink more to kind of almost balance out and just mellow me out a little bit. And um, that turned into a much bigger ordeal. but yeah, that that PTSD puzzle and just that brain injury that both her and I have, it's been a huge journey to try and get to a place where we both feel normal. Like she at school, she's on what's called an IEP, so an individualized education plan. Um, but there will be times I'll be sitting, you know, watching a movie with my husband and I get this horrific ringing in my ears that almost paralyzes me. Um, but I guess the biggest part was that I didn't know how to handle it. Cause I don't think any, you know, they don't teach you that like ever. Wow. <laughs> Here's how to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder or a brain injury. Um, even at her school, she was, you know, they were very unfamiliar with kind of what to do because they were like, well, we've never really dealt with anything like this. So it was, it was a lot of learning. Um, but even just this last year, you know, after getting some help and really being able to work through all of that, letting my brain truly heal and just seeing, seeing the different things, how it still affects me. 
um, is pretty remarkable how far we've come. Um, but that's been, that's probably, you know, I feel like we're on the like tail end of that, that kind of nightmare. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much since 2018, that's kind of what our life has been centered around is this really traumatic accident that happened and how it has kind of forced our lives on a very different path. Um, but the, the trauma and the brain injury part was something I never would have expected. Um, and it's taken, you know, it's taken, we're going on five years now, taken a long time to, to wrap my head around it and really understand it and deal with it, you know, the proper way. But Wow. Um, I, oh my gosh, sometimes you hear other people's story and you go okay I'm not going through anything (laughs) you know or I've not been through anything because that oh my gosh that that wow that 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 was an experience of course and I'm really my heart goes out to you um that you had to I mean, no one deserved to experience what you and your family experience um, by going through this accident. I mean, of course, it's that that's something we never are prepared for. There is no amount of books or, you know, other person's experiences that can prepare us for something like that. It's just, it's, the Bible calls it sudden destruction, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just, and, and it's a part of living in this broken world. Like you just never know, you just never know. And, um, and that is why I I tell people all the time and I want for even my audience here to really just get this guys, get this in your heart, get this in your mind, get this in your soul that you should never judge anyone we should not judge others you know why we do not know their stories okay we we might hear um for example jessica you shared earlier that you had a hard time with alcohol you became addicted to this thing and someone else that has never had any kind of addiction might go oh my god you know it's just like no but you don't know what get that person to that point. You don't know what would cause one to open that that door because it's it is a demonic door. It it's it's a demonic door. When you go through the book of Proverbs and you read so many scriptures that warns us to really try our best to stay away from strong drink. It, it's not like God, because even when you see what can. Um, hinder someone from entering into eternal rest we call heaven right one of the things we see that god says no drunkard shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he never said those who drink how you know those who drink alcohol he never said that he said no drunkard so i know that sometimes can be like okay we can maybe it's okay to have a drink here and there but the, the the thing is that it's best for us to completely abstain because it opens that door and then it becomes a stronghold and 
it you just go through all of that in addition to what you're already bearing but i tell people we should never judge other people you know because we don't know their stories i mean there's some things in life you just can't cope you just don't know how to cope and we tend to um run to the easiest fix anything that can give us that quick fix of not having to face our demons so we for some of us it was smoking for some of us it was all kinds of things and i share that as well jessica in in my in my testimony you know i i too i think my 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 struggle with alcohol itself was i was on that verge of becoming of it becoming a stronghold that that was when where god saved me right on time you know cuz maybe he saw that if i'd went down that path who knows who knows you know oh, yeah. so um yeah these things happen and and I, i don't know I, i'm so sorry though that you and your family had to experience this and by the way how's your daughter doing how is she she's doing really well i mean she's she's in middle school she plays sports you know she still has um a little bit of trouble with some learning stuff she more so she kind of struggles with the process of certain things so um but so she's work she's able to have um the right amount of help um we're very very my mom is actually a school psychologist so that's been such a blessing cuz we've had some really really awesome people kind of help us along to make sure she got the right amount of help that she needed when it first happened so now that she's you know going to she'll be in 8th grade next year um she still has the opportunity to get extra help which is such a blessing um but she's starting to use it less and less it's still there for her and we make sure that she has all of the right tools in her toolbox and then but she's able to kind of use them as she sees fit now which is amazing. So she's she's doing great. She's she's funny, she's quirky, um, you know, and and it's so funny the scar on her face. She doesn't even some people that would have been the end of their life. <laughs> you know, to have a scar on your forehead and she's like she, you know, could care less. So she's a very brave brave girl, but now she's doing great. Glory be to God. Glory be to God, you know, that's one thing with God. He knows how to beautify the ashes, you know. God is I don't know how he does it, but he knows how to um whatever the enemy meant for evil, he certainly knows how to turn it around for good. And I'm thankful to God that sh- you guys survived such a horrible experience and um you guys are doing well today. When we come back, guys, we I'm going to we're going to go a little bit further and we're going to have our guest here share more on how she was able to reclaim through through all of this drama reclaim back her faith in the Lord. We'll be right back in just a minute. 2 3 and 1. Wow. Oh my god. I I was just so blown away, Jessica, by by that part of your story. because because you know through all my life traumas I've never experienced an accident you know and I've heard so many stories well I I had like you know almost meeting an accident and I had a, a minor 
bumper fender kind of thing but it was nothing where any scratches or, or scars and but I've always seen it happened around me and I I just I cannot imagine that's because when you know again the story of Job when Satan took everything from Job one of the things he said to God in the last part of him trying so hard to break Job I think that's what the enemy wanted to do just so oh, yeah. break you know you and what when he when he saw that everything he was doing to Job he was not getting Job to break by killing himself cursing God and die he wanted Job to die in his state and he see that Job tried to not speak you know against God or you know you know what he did he went back to God and he said listen if you afflict his body that's a different level of affliction yeah <laughs> when you're being afflicted outside of the body you know we can try our best to maneuver through that but when you're being afflicted physically like that's a different level um oh yeah but job survived it so hey we can too yep that's so true yeah there's yeah there's so many different ways that we can struggle but yeah when the the mental side oh man it is not not easy i would take a broken body part any day of the week over the mental (laughs) side of things excuse me i i know i can i trust me i understand where's where you're coming from do you want to catch a quick water break or are you good do you want us to i'm good i've got i've got my water right here so i'm good to go Mm -hmm. okay so we will start in five Excuse me, myself, I'm having this. You're fine. Yeah, you know, I, I know it's the sinus thing. That's just, it's just, oh, I hate. All right, so we're going to begin in five, five, four. <coughs> Excuse me. Three, <coughs> two, one. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. We are in the final segment of the show today, and we're about to wrap things up in just a few minutes. But before we do that, you know, we just want to pick up where we left off. I mean, for those of you that you, I know you're probably still just thinking about what um, Jessica shared earlier about her you know having experienced that accident like and I know you know your hearts are probably breaking right now my heart is trust me I cannot begin to express what I felt when she started to explain that and not just that she had to go through this but she also had to watch her child because it was one of one child that was in the vehicle with you right Jessica no so all three kids were but the two little ones um they were in the back seat and my son he just had a little little gash on his for on his in his head that he got stitched up and he you know loved having stitches so he was totally good and then our littlest one um she did not have a single scratch on her she did have a little bit of bruising from the seatbelt, but she actually tried to claim that she had gotten scraped but it was actually a scrape from like a couple days prior <laughs> But um, no, it was, they were pretty much untouched. So it was just my oldest daughter and I that were, were um, the most injured physically. Wow. And you, you had a broken neck. 
oh my God, to know you, you, you survived that. I believe that with God, you will survive anything. I, yeah, that's kind of what I keep saying. I'm like, you know what? There is no way that we would have gotten through that. And, you know, yeah, that's, there's really, in my mind, nothing worse. I mean, that's pretty much as bad as it gets. So you're dealing with past um, childhood, maybe growing up in your teenage years and young adult years, trauma and things that you've gone through, you know, um, now having to deal with this accident. Where was the time where you, was it before or after your divorce that this accident happened? It was after. Oh my goodness. No, no way. Yep. So we got divorced. I was officially divorced in 2014 and our accident took place four years later. No way. So are you hearing that guys? She, (laughs) she, cause dealing with a divorce is never easy. It's, it's just never, it is still not easy. And it's been, it's been almost 10 years. You see that? Yeah. It's just not easy. And especially, um, I think those of us who really entered into the marriage with the right motives, you know, we really wanted our marriage to work, um, as to opposed to those who just, you know, just entered into it for whatever reason and didn't work. So they don't really care. They just move on. But those who really wanted our marriage to work and then it fall apart, dealing with that emotionally is, it takes years. I know divorcees that are still emotionally struggling to get over that and then this accident it sounded to me like you had an episode of Job yep I yeah I think now that you've said that a couple times I think you're totally right (laughs) and I I don't know have you have you studied the book of Job like in detail I haven't, but I'm definitely going to now. I haven't. That's one that I haven't gotten. I've heard bits and pieces, but haven't really dove into it. I definitely want to encourage you, uh, Jessica, to, yeah, you should read that book. I, it sounds to me like you are a replica of Job, you know, um, and maybe you have questions that Job had um, to say, you know, God, what did I do? But, but you know, I just you know the basics of it right Job there was nothing that Job did that allowed him to be afflicted the way he did but rather um, Satan thought that if he had the opportunity to afflict Job Job would have turned his back on God because all Job life he loved and feared the Lord yeah you know he loved and feared the Lord and he honored God in everything that he did. And Satan was jealous of that. And Satan thought, well, the reason why he loves and honor and fear you, it's because of the way that you have blessed him. Because Job was also a man of wealth and great connections and all of that. So he decided that, okay, if you allow me, because remember the Bible tells us Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Anywhere he shows up, he kills something. If he can't kill it, he'll destroy and he'll just steal. He he make a mess. And he said, if you allow me to make a mess in Job's life, back to back. This was not a 
season of affliction, then you get to rest. It was a back to back affliction um, by killing his children, killing all his yeah. stuff, you know, having his friends scorn him, look down on him, having his own wife, um, just, you know, all kinds of things. And then Satan go to take it another step further by afflicting him physically. So it sounds to me, based off what you've shared so far, you you sound like you had an episode of Job. You know, oftentimes we say, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm going through what Job go through. But no, there's certain levels to affliction. And I'm hearing that in your story. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm anxious to dive into it now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really do think you should read more on that book. So Jessica, tell us through all of that. So so you had challenges coming up, then you had the divorce, the accident, which led to opening the door to alcohol, who became something really hard for you to deal with. Where at what point did you break that you said no i i can't do this on my own i i need i need the lord i I can't do this i would say it really started about a year ago um so i know it's so crazy but even after the accident i had a couple more you know major losses and um it was about yeah right about a year ago that i finally kind of just said um, not only do I need help, but yeah, I'm kind of handing my life over. Um, there's no way I can keep doing this on my own. Um, so I think, you know, getting the help I needed was step number one. And that really led to me kind of opening the door to God again, because I had definitely kind of shut it. I was just like, this is crazy. Why am I putting all of this why am I doing all of this and reading all of this and praying and all of this if, if nothing positive is happening? Um, so yeah, it was a year ago. I really kind of just decided, you know, I'm, I'm done doing this on my own. I can't, it's just, I, this isn't, this is not manageable anymore. So, um, and it's still, you know, things still didn't come out perfect, but, um, and it's still a, there are some things that I still struggle with, but yeah, it's gotten so much easier once I just kind of handed that power back over. Um, just a lot was taken off my shoulders. The more you fellowship with the Lord, the more you will, this journey will become easier. And I'm not talking about life challenging challenges um, in itself because that's something that's inevitable I'm referring to how we respond to these challenges and our emotional and mental well-being when we fellowship with the Holy Spirit when we really build that conversation with the Lord um, just that you know instead of just looking at him as just this 
God, this being that is all the way beyond the sky and we're down here like a tiny speck and it's so hard to reach him. And we just look at him as a person that's right here in this room with us. And he's our friend, he's our first go-to, like he's he's our comfortable, com- comforter, sorry, he's our counselor. And he is here to guide us into all truth. And when we look at that, um, I think that the journey will become so much more easier um, to cope with life. I, I, I will tell you, last night I went on, I've been, I've been saved for the past three years. I had my fair share of life ups and downs and still do. Um, it doesn't change. I think hardships, struggles, we live in a broken world and therefore these things <clears throat> sorry these things are inevitable right yes however you know because we we have the understanding that when we give our life to Christ we think that it, it's supposed to be an easy walk in the park but that's really not true um again I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make today <laughs> yes yes because a lot of things are not really taught to us Um, So we don't know. We think we have the wrong perception of who God is. We think that once we surrender to the Lord, because he is God, he's supposed to just give us everything. And we're supposed to, it's supposed to be an easy walk in the park. But the truth is, the reality of it is that we live in a fallen world. And once we are in this world, bones will break, things will shake. It's just inevitable because of this dimension, the state that we're in. However, the beauty about being with Christ and going through all this with Christ is that the things that wants to destroy us um, emotionally and mentally, that's where, that's the part that Christ steps in and we see that we can overcome. We're fighting a battle that he already won. We can overcome, you know, and he gives us that reassurance. So even when everything is falling apart, the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding, hallelujah, the joy of the Lord that is our strength. You know, you're, you're so low in spirit, you're so broken, but the Lord deposit a song in your heart. You just feel to sing the song and you're singing this song and all of a sudden joy just begin to overflow your soul and you know on the other side you might don't have any money to pay the next upcoming bill right but you're there in the joy of the holy spirit and so that thing that is supposed to cause you to be depressed you're not even so much worried about that because you're so you're filled with the joy of the lord and and that's what we have to know that these are god is here um not necessarily to take away the things from us because he takes this one away one will come back there are many darts of the enemy the bible says we must be vigilant the enemy comes he comes to kill to steal and to destroy but when we have christ that Again, that makes the big difference because he walks us through all of this and we can, he can be our addiction. You know, his joy is our addiction. His peace is our addiction and we know just where to go when we're thirsty. Um, so I, yeah, I, it's just, it's just amazing what God, what God can do. And I, I started I, again, I, I, I was saying this before I, I went to that part of it, but that I gave my life to Christ three years ago, right? Now, um, I just went on my first date last night with the Holy Spirit. Can oh. you believe that? 
I love it. Yeah, I I just went on my first because I was just there and I was on social media and I saw something and that was what gave me the inspiration. And I thought, how is it that I called the Lord my friend and or or you know, we're in this relationship, but I've never I don't know if he has a favorite food. I don't know if he has a favorite color. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't really know those personal things about him. And he is a person. He is real. He's alive. He, he lives in our heart when we accept him. He lives there. But how can we have that fellowship with him when we don't even ask him these questions because we're so fixed on what he can do for us. Lord, give me, give me, give me. And we don't want to hear depart from me I never knew you you know if you have a friend imagine you have a relationship you're in a relationship with someone and they never ask you what you know their favorite color you know everything yeah. about them but they never ask you do you have a favorite color do you have a favorite food you think this person is not really interested in getting to know you right yeah well it's kind of like the same thing with you know when you talk to people that claim to love God, but don't read the Bible. It's like, how do you, not that you have to, because I know it can be really tough and I'm not always the best, but yeah, it would be like having a best friend who writes a book and you don't even purchase it. Like, yeah. how, I mean, if I had, I, if I even have like a, a friend of a friend who writes a book, like I'm going to support the friend and buy the book and read it just because it's like, that's what you do. So yeah, it's like the same thing. Like, how do you not spend the time to get to know the person that you're changing your whole life for? Mm-hmm. Like you're a follower, but you know nothing about or don't read his words or, you know, that's kind of a, Crazy. but it takes a lot of time to go on dates with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's, that's devotion. And that's, that is a very uncommon thing in today's world. Everybody wants easy. Nobody wants to be devoted to anything unless it really serves them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our devotion to Christ is not always, it's not always, it's not like, you know, going to the store and buying a, yourself a gift. Like you might not always get something in return the way you think you're going to. So it's, it's a give and take um, relationship, but yeah, it takes, you have to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our date was just me being at home and just, you know, spread my little towel and we sat there and we, and trust me, I had an amazing date. I think it was so amazing just to just be there with him and just talk with him and question him and ask him a lot of stuff. And what I believe he was saying to me was, it was so divine. And we laughed and we talked and I went to my bed just in the peace of the Lord and I I thought it was so beautiful and I said okay Lord we're gonna go on these dates more often because I want to build that relationship with you and I'm saying all that to say because you said that you you know you just started last year and even though it's not picture perfect so to speak but you're 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 seeing progress and I, I'm I want to say to you or share this with you so you know it can get better and it can get deeper and 
the passion for the Lord will grow in you as you continue to stay in his word. And you don't look at him as what many of us were taught of him just just the works of his hands and what he can do in our situation and in our lives but we looked at him as though we are in an intimate relationship with someone and we want to you know be selfless and not so much care about what they can offer us but what we can pour into them you know and just have that kind of connection with the lord i tell you the truth there are times jessica and my family here at um, it's the love of God for me. There are times, guys, where I just, I, I'm like, God, if I didn't have this relationship with you, what would become of me? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> life gets so tough, you know? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, we, we put a lot, well, hopefully you put a lot into your marriage, into your friendships, um, and yeah, your relationship with God should be no different. In fact, I think, you know, that's why most people um, would suggest, you know, starting your day out by reading um, the Bible or reading, you know, any of the books of God or reading maybe a Bible study or reading something on your phone, whatever it is. And if I'm doing really well, that's the first thing I look at. I, I open my phone in the morning and I go straight to my Bible app or whatever I'm reading. And I just read a couple little scriptures and then I go on with my day because it kind of sets the tone and it shows God like that you're first in my life. Yeah. Um, because as much as like in our family, we've got a blended family, but we've tried to, when I came into this marriage, I said that my priorities were God, my husband, my children. My husband was like, okay, well, he was a little concerned that you know, maybe the kids should be first. Maybe he should be first. Maybe he should become before him. And I said, no, I have to have God be number one because none of this is really, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be a good wife if I'm not a godly wife. So especially for him, who is a man of God himself, and we're trying to raise our children that way, it's important that I have my everyday interaction and prayer and all of that with God because that will make me a better mom and a better wife. So that becomes number one. And then, you know, the rest we've kind of just figured out. But I think what I wanted to say earlier when you were talking is, you know, as we, like I, I always, I'm always saying to my husband or to anybody, like, if the end of the world is really coming, like I'm ready, I'm kind of done with all of this. The world is getting really, really crazy. Like I would love to just start like tomorrow. Um, but we have to, so in, I think, I do think, you know, for me, um, I think the end of times is not far away. Um, in that, in these times, it's been said, you know, throughout the Bible that when, when Satan realizes that God is truly planning his return, he's going to work overtime to gather as many people as he can. So if you are a faithful follower of Christ, you are probably going to start hitting some major road, some major bumps in the road because Satan is working even harder to get you to break. Um, Because as of right now, like, 
God has already won, but we do kind of still, it's still, it's finished in a way, but it's still playing out. So Satan's, you know, he's going to work super, super hard to drag as many of us as he can to the other side so that he can win. So I think that like, even for, for kids trying to make them understand, I try to explain to my kids, a lot of this craziness that's happening in the world, you know, we are given agency. People obviously can make their own choices, but Satan is very much like real. He's just as real as God is. And he's, he's playing to win. Like, you know, he's still, he hasn't just rolled over and died yet. He's, he's working hard. So a lot of this chaos that we have in this world, you know, I, I have to believe that that is Satan, you know, kicking it into overdrive and really trying to win this war, um, between man and God. So I think that even though he knows that he, there's no winning for him, but because he's in that fallen state, he knows, I think he's just, okay, he's fallen. So he wants as many to be fallen, just like him. He wants as many to, he wants to take us down with him. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds to me like jealousy. (laughs) Yeah. And just, you know, cowardness, it's being a coward. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not, there's losing gracefully and then there's losing, you know, there's sore losers and he's being a sore loser. He's not, he's not winning, you know, not losing gracefully and saying, you know what? Okay. I'll, I'll admit, you know, the war is over. He's like, nope, I am not done. I'm going to have the final say. And I really do think that is what a lot of the turmoil in our world is right now is just this, this need for evil to somehow make a comeback. Um, it's a really hard time to be a Christian. Like it is not, it is not an easy time to, to be living in this day and age and have real true deep faith in God because you there's so many ways to fall away. You know, it could be hiding in your your DMs. It can be on the news. It can be, you know, wherever these these pulls to um yeah this this constant war that's going on. It's it's getting really ugly. Indeed, it is because of because of all the things that you mentioned. I think that has been my driving force um, in the sense that when it comes to this podcast, I I aim to make persons know that, you know, I want persons to see God from the, the lens that we should. I think that for years and generations, somewhere along the line, the church has, you know, I don't want to say lost it its way, but kind of like, I don't know how to put it. And, you know, it's hard to really speak on certain things when it comes to the body of Christ, because God says, I mean, this is his people, you know? So it's like speaking against it. It's like you're speaking against God himself, right? Yeah. But there's just a lot of things that I think we've lost our way in compared to the early church. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. And, 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 you know, one of the things I think we have, we have a perception when it comes to God for a very long time that we think that 
because he, we, I mean, we, of course, we look around us and we see the beauty of the works of his hands and we see creation and us and all the things he had made and we think, okay, then this powerful God is supposed to always show up when I call him. He's supposed to always deliver me. Um, there's no way I should be following him and having to suffer so much. But that is completely far from the truth um if you read even the bible itself from front to back you will see um that that's just a far-fetched it's just no it's that's like a delusion the yeah. reality the reality of it is that walking with god you know this is look at it this way whether we choose to build a relationship with the lord or not we will suffer and that's just the plain truth oh, so yeah why not go through that suffering with such a wonderful friend which is christ you know why not go through that suffering with the holy spirit because whether you walk with him you will suffer whether you don't walk with him you will suffer so why not choose to walk with him going through those sufferings because you know the end thereof is great it's glorious we have much more the bible says eyes have not seen nor ears have heard nor have it entered into the hearts of men the things that god have prepared for us glory be to god so when we think even on that scripture it's like oh my god i can't even envision what god have prepared for me in the life after this one it's it's that glorious it's that beautiful of course persons have said they've had heaven encounters and so on and so but their glimpse is nothing compared to what god even the new jerusalem that god that city that glorious city where we would not need and to find pleasure in anything else because our pleasure is in the lord and the lord alone you know just imagine we can't even fathom that thought and so walking with the lord in this broken world we don't want to look at him like god well i'm praying that you deliver me out of this thing you have not delivered me what's the sense because at the end of the day we're not we're not serving the lord for what he can give us but we serve him because of who he is and oh, yeah. he, he's a good good father you know he's a faithful father and so we just we just look at it from that perspective like okay god it's you and i and we're going to go through this yeah have we're you gonna... had the opportunity to watch the show the chosen oh my gosh yes okay so i always think about kind of um you know it's been kind of a it was a great show we've actually watched it twice and we're just like anxiously awaiting the the next um season but i think it's i always think about um you know the the apostles he chooses along the way and here you have you know a lot of them still i mean you have simon who is literally traveling with jesus and his wife has a miscarriage at home like just because i mean if anybody should have been like free from any kind of pain it would have been the families of those Thank you.